0: Welcome to Skull Stories, presented by Cambria. Proud to be the official countertop of the Minnesota Vikings. Tonight, we're speaking with former Vikings quarterback Gus Farrat. The Vikings dropped a maddening one on Sunday to hand the Lions their first win of the season. And statistically, we were key in all but one or two of these. Time of possession, which is something that's been a challenge for us. Uh, passing 326 to 272. Turnovers, however, they played a big role and for the Lions they had six turnovers in the last three games going into that game now it's eight and four you know we kind of let them off the hook thank you Denny Green rushing plays we both had 27 uh, rushing yards both at 100 drives were a tie play total plays were a tie so it's kind of like it kind of statistically too came down to the wire oh one and fourth down that one hurt. Oh for three on two point conversions. That one hurt. I mean, cause you didn't get it right away. And, and then you start chasing it and that odd score keeps showing up, so you keep going for it. I was of the ilk that uh, you know, the first two, it's like, yeah, hey, we're being a little too fancy on these two points, you know, and that third touchdown it's like we're we're pounding the ball. Madison's moving it just fine, just line up and run that thing and they didn't they didn't make it so <laughs> that's why that's why I'm calling the games on radio not calling the plays on the field I mean the final 16 minutes of the first half Detroit had two touchdowns and two field goals that has been a theme this entire year I mean the number of points I believe it's over 70 now that we've given up uh, inside of two minutes in the second quarter or in the first half that's one of those things that just defies logic it's like you know what what what's going on? It's like, well, sometimes they get the ball with six or eight minutes left to go in the half, and they just drive it down. Sometimes they have a minute and a half, and they drive it. it, it it's so it's not as if the two minute defense, you know. Well, we found that in a biteness in the rear end at the end of the game, but. Um, going into halftime, I, I, I'm, it's still a head-scratcher, and I, I have no idea other than the fact that it's in the back of everybody's mind. Um, but we're on a quick turnaround schedule for the Steelers coming up on Thursday night for our primetime purple game down at U.S. Bank Stadium. This team's going to have to refocus and try to get back on track, but we'll get into that more a little bit later. First, let's catch up with tonight's guest. He's a former Vikings quarterback who holds one of the league's unbreakable records, the 99-yard touchdown pass. If you make your way to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, you'll see his jersey on display to commemorate this milestone. I know you're going to enjoy my conversation with tonight's guest of the evening, Gus Ferrat. It is my absolute pleasure to introduce and invite into the show Gus Ferrat, former Minnesota Vikings quarterback when I was coaching. The listeners want to know what are you up to and, and how are you doing? Give I'm us an doing update.
1: Wonderful. i uh, I've been trying to keep a little bit busy i spend most of my time working on my podcast and trying to interview incredible people and tell their stories how they fell in love with sports it's a lot of fun to do i actually trying to get kevin on kevin williams on this week he'd be a lot of fun Uh, new ring of honor up there in minnesota so i spent a lot of time doing that
0: and consulting with companies so it's been
1: it's been a lot of fun.
0: So how do we how do we find out or listen to your podcast?
1: Yeah, go to Huddle Up with Gus. You can follow it on social media at Huddle Up with Gus,
0: and uh, you know whatever
1: whatever you wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, that's where I'll be.
0: You were drafted in the seventh round in 1994 out of Tulsa. Well, you don't have to make me sound that old. Well, I'm just saying because guess who won? <laughs> guess who got drafted 14 spots after you? Who's that? Me. <laughs> We're old. <laughs> well, no, you won. You outlasted me. I mean, 52 so games.
1: Play the same, I'm sure if I played your position, I wouldn't.
0: Well, it. it depends. You played 52 so. games at Washington, 43 in Minnesota, 147 career, 114 TDs and over 21,000 passing yards. Do you ever just kind of sit back and and think about that? And mass and go that was pretty sweet
1: yeah you know you think back because you're never going to get the same kind of thrill again that's a hard thing for a lot of guys to deal with is when you walk out into i didn't get to play in the new stadium but we played in the old dome and when you walk out and you throw a touchdown to win a game and the place erupts and you know there's so much enjoyment and thrill in it even the losses and all the emotions you go through you're just never going to get anything like that again the rest of your life so you think back and uh you kind of relive some of those moments and i try to relive most of the good ones because i've had a lot of bad ones too. (laughs) and um you know just like the other day somebody put up an old uh the game where i played came in for dante and played the 49ers and uh, threw three touchdowns to Moss and Nate Burleson's first touchdown in the NFL. And you know you don't remember every moment of those games because it's so hard that whole day to remember everything. But then all those little things bring back memories of play calls and who you were with and and everything that happened. And, and was Coach Tice screaming at
0: somebody? So <laughs> it was, uh, that was me. Yeah,
1: <laughs> or
0: Panagos or or one of us.
1: Yeah, yeah, all that. So uh, yeah, so sometimes you do. Sit back and think of
0: it. You mentioned that San Francisco game. Do you realize that you are the high, you played the highest rated game by a Vikings quarterback in team history?
1: I did not. All right, now
0: that, you man. can stand up an inch or two taller. You can, you, you know, you can spend the rest of today just kind of thinking about that.
1: feel so, so good about that. Well, I did throw to Randy Moss, so it made it a lot easier. <laughs> I was watching. I'm like, did I just throw that? And then all of a sudden, Randy just like. Jumps up, picks it up over top of the DB, and it's like, oh, is that easy? Yeah. yeah.
0: What was it? What was it like having a guy like him or a weapon like him uh, in the offense?
1: Oh, it was amazing. Like uh, I couldn't imagine if I could have played, you know, half of my games with him, what it would have been like. Uh, but you saw his career start with Randall Cunningham and Dante and all these people that got to throw to him, and and he was just an amazing athlete and knew timed everything so well. Uh, you know, you throw him a deep ball, and he's not breaking stride. He's, you know how, like, some you watch receivers run, and it's like they're, it's a little past them, and they break stride, and, and then they're falling down, and it looks tough? Yeah. He just never did that kind of stuff, right? He was just so smooth. And uh, just playing with him was so much fun. Because we were playing in Detroit one game, and uh, he had a bad back that game. And he comes in the huddle, and he says, Gus, they're going to play cover two. I'm going to run right past the safety and just throw it up. Well, Linehan didn't call that play, right? I I kind of—I think I just checked it down to somebody, right? He comes back in the huddle, and he's kind of limping or whatever because the back's killing him. He goes, "Gus, throw it up. I don't care what play we got. Drop back, throw it up." So I drop back, take five steps, try to look off a little bit, and before you know it, he's on the safety, holding his arm up like he used to, and you just let it rip, and you know he's coming down under it. So. He's just an incredible teammate, incredible player to play with. And
0: I think that is the game where he uh got on the phone, because I used to be up in the booth, but got up on the phone on the phone and started yelling at he's like, Lanahan, throw me the ball, Lanahan. <laughs> we'd call him Lanahan. And then for years we'd see we whenever we saw you know, Scott Lenahan on the sideline. When he was, uh, you know, when he had moved on, gone to St. Louis or whatever, we would always yell it from the booth: "Hey, Lanahan, throw me the ball! <laughs> throw me the damn yeah, ball!" That was him.
1: <laughs> but why wouldn't you though? You know, that's what I always said. Why would just throw it to him? Even if he's hurt, he's he's better than most people on the other side.
0: Now you have uh, your jersey in the Hall of Fame with the ninety-nine yard pass to Bernard Berrian uh, in November of two thousand eight. That's you know, you realize that was thirteen years ago today, the day of the recording.
1: Yeah, and I probably couldn't throw it half that far right now. Well, good. You left it all
0: on the field. There you go, right? I
1: did. I did. Um, But uh, what an amazing day. Defense had an incredible stop. And then you get that call that says, we're going to run all go. And it's like, wait, we're on like the half-yard line. Yeah, we're going to call right here. And then the rest is history. And and, um, I think my favorite thing from that day was that after the game, Anybody who was on the field with me and and our offensive coaches, I had our photographer make the play from the end zone, right? The throw, you see the ball in the air, Bernard running, all of our linemen, everybody who was on that field and a couple coaches, I got a big picture framed. I did like 15 or 20 of them, I can't remember. And all of our guys on the field that day signed it. And for me, that was really special. I have a couple of them here and everybody who was on the field, a couple of coaches have them. And I just got them all framed, and I said, you know, that's just something that never happens. And I always love to celebrate with
0: everybody on the team. I mean, and think about the guys that, you, that were on the field at the time, the Hall of Famers now, um, or guys that you played with that are in the ring of honor. I mean, it's, it's um great group of men.
1: I look at that, that you know, that was in 08, and I look at our 0304 teams. Like, we had some incredible, incredible talent on those teams. And for one reason or not, we just – Something didn't let us get over the top, right? And it kind of sounds like what the Vikings are going through today. Like, they're right on the precipice of, like, all right, we're going to get over and we're going to go downhill and we're going to roll right through everyone. And they're just – I don't know. It's what I feel bad. That's what we always wanted to do, and we had the talent to do it
0: all. Yeah, we were – I mean, we were an unbelievably streaky team back then. I remember that. I mean, we could win five in a row and then lose four in a row. You know, we could guarantee a win out in Oakland and then – get destroyed i mean there it was that was a crazy team but this year it's hard to put a finger on what's keeping this team from from being and reaching its full potential is it not
1: sometimes i watch the games and i'm like okay they played so well the week before then they come in here and and what's what is the issue you know what i mean because it seems like the great teams the ones that are inevitably going on to the biggest game of the year, they don't have those walls. They might have a like a quarter, but they're not week to week, if you know what I mean. Right. And I, I don't know. I mean, I want a cheer for them every week and, and hope they win.
0: Skull Stories is presented all season long by Cambria, proud to be the official countertop of the Minnesota Vikings. We'll be back with more Skull Stories right after this. It's football season at Mystic Lake with Vikings Drawings. Enter casino and digital drawings for prizes like season tickets, away game trips, and a nice Castle Fish House. Get details and enter now at mysticlake.com Vikings. Now let's get back into our conversation with Gus Ferrat. So what do you think of uh, Justin Jefferson? I mean, you mentioned Randy Moss and what he was like. What do you see in Justin Jefferson?
1: Obviously, when you have Randy Moss saying great things about him, uh, the kid is really good. I think that he runs routes really well. He's fast. Uh, you can put him in multiple positions on the field. I think that's a huge thing because not everyone can do that. Uh, a lot of guys like Randy, we didn't move around too often, right? He played like to play that X receiver, Z receiver sometimes outside because he knew that if he ever got one-on-one, it was over. Right, and I see that, that Jefferson can run from multiple positions on the field. Obviously, he has Adam Thielen, somebody really good to uh, learn from, but uh, I think that he just has a skill set that puts him in the top five of receivers in the league, and uh, we see week in, week in and week out with him that he's getting better and better and better.
0: I mean, I know no one can predict the future, but the upside on this kid, I still think that there's some there.
1: Oh, there's no doubt. And you know, the whole I think it comes down to him learning defenses, you know, seeing the coverage. I'm not saying he can't because I don't know him that well. But I think as a receiver, when somebody looks like they're pressed and the, but the whole the rest of the defense saying, Oh no, it's not right, can you learn those things? Can you adjust your routes? Do you know how to do those things that, that you continually get open? Right, Because we see some really good receivers that when teams start to double-team them or do other things to cover them up, they're still open. But other ones are covered. So a good example is um, Adams in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers just seems to get him the ball in all kinds of situations, no matter what they're doing. And I think that as Jefferson gets older and learns and understands and studies more, he's going to get better and better and better.
0: What is going on with Gus Farratt now? These days, what do you? What keeps you busy?
1: Besides the show, uh, I just meet a lot of companies. I think these two companies would work really well and create an incredible product together. So, you know, I just don't get to prank anybody anymore. That's that's the (laughs) hardest part. My kids are tired of me pranking them. So. You know, when I was in Minnesota, I remember when Morton came there uh, to kick, and the first week I froze his clothes in a bucket and put them back in his locker.
0: Sweet. And I don't you, know how
1: you, he ever found out it was me.
0: Yeah, yeah I'm sure no – no, who would rat on you? Nobody, right?
1: Remember we had um, Brock Lesnar?
0: oh yeah yeah brock remember
1: that like nobody like we wanted to he was a rookie but he was obviously this
0: incredible wrestler
1: and nobody really (laughs) wanted to mess with him but people don't know like we were gonna he he used to stay with chris hovan in training camp right and so so we're like okay we got to get him we're getting every other rookie it's not like we're doing something bad but we're gonna shave his head you know and this is brock lesnar and i remember we got big brian mckinney he was leading the way down the hall. There were about 20 of us. <laughs> and they knew that it was like we were coming. And him and Hovan opened the door. There's ro- there's, like, there's like Metallica playing in there. And they opened the door, and they both got Speedos on. And Brian McKinney goes, nope, just turned around and walked away. And we're like, we just lost our biggest guy. We're not doing this. <laughs>
0: The question is: Did the tight, two of them? Yeah. Did the two of them wear speedos to bed every night? That's the question.
1: I, well, we don't. We don't know. Nobody's <laughs> going to ask that
0: question. He who dies with the most stories wins.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, we could go on and on about even Lesnar. Even though he wasn't there a long time, like when we went and scrimmaged the Chiefs. We had a huge bra. Yes, scrimmage. We were over in. Well, yeah, Johnson,
0: guys. Yeah, we'd fight. Everyone would fight to get the practice canceled.
1: Yeah, and well, Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Freaking suplexes the body, the the running back or something like that, <laughs> and it just opened up a melee. <laughs> and I remember I'm standing there with uh, Sean Hill, and we didn't take one step, we didn't move. Everybody's running around, chasing each other, you know, <laughs> ripping helmets off. And Sean and I just stood there and watched. I remember that. time. Well, of course,
0: of course. If you don't have to, why jump in the middle? That's a that's a professional type fight. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? I'm
1: not getting that. It's like. <laughs> stuff going on i remember dante was trying to get in there i'm like dude you know just yeah we know you're big and you can fight but yeah we we need you
0: to play quarterback <laughs> need you. all right gus well thank you uh I don't, i'm not sure if you've been out here been able to see the new facility in the new stadium um I, I have been oh it's, I went there it's amazing Dean
1: Dalton, like two years ago
0: yeah a little better than winter yeah. park Oh, what do you mean?
1: It's there's nothing better than going to Winter Park when it's dark and leaving when it's dark,
0: <laughs> and not seeing daylight except through those <laughs> frosted windows inside the the you know the 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 indoor uh, you know turf that was barely covered with a roof. Uh, you're, right. you're right about that. There were no windows, and that was Bud Grant. Bud Grant had they had windows in that place, especially in the coaches' offices. But Bud Grant apparently said brick them up because guys got to watch film, and back then it had to be dark in the room to watch film. Yeah, so there was no such
1: thing as, yeah there was no such thing as like curtains or anything no. you better just brick it no. up
0: <laughs> exactly right just 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 brick that you're right it was a bunker it was indeed yeah. a bunker
1: <laughs> it was a bunker all right Gus. Well, hey, God Thanks. bless you
0: thank you for everything uh we miss you here uh if you ever come on up just let us know and and uh I, I it,
1: appreciate it. I miss I miss Minnesota one of my favorite places ever
0: no well, not in January I'm sure well, Pittsburgh's not far off. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. All right, yeah. well, you didn't go. You didn't get. You didn't get too far away from Minnesota. Then but that's no, awesome. No. Love it there. All right, Gus. All right, thanks, Pete. Best of luck to you, man. Take care. Thanks so All much. Right, bye. bye. Thanks again to Gus for joining us tonight. It's great to hear from him once again, and it sounds like he's continuing to do big things out there in Pennsylvania. Uh, gus was always one of my favorite teammates and uh you know heck of a guy to have on the team when i was coaching all right let's take a look at our northern tool and equipment keys to success northern tool and equipment brings the power with top brands like milwaukee steel lincoln electric honda and more northern tool and equipment quality tools for serious work so the six five and one steelers are coming off a last second survival win versus the ravens and by the way To have that game come down to that play doesn't do that game justice with all the opportunities that both teams had all throughout that night. That game could have gone a million different directions. It just happened to come down to a two point play. You know, Ravens they did miss their two point conversion with twelve seconds left in the game. And what's being reported in his eighteenth and final season, Big Ben has not quite looked the same. He can still read the problem they have is protecting him. I mean, he he used to be able to stand tall in the pocket and just get rid of d and it was a you know it was a whole thing where you got to bring your lunch if you want to take this guy down he's huge he's a, i think he's not so interested in doing that anymore <laughs> yeah he's
1: he's he's old enough at this point to know right. he doesn't if, want to be taking a lot of shots if there's a
0: free rusher he's throwing it instead of you know instead of trying to make something happen um this year 2522 passing yards 14 TDs 27 sacks and 6 interceptions those are the sacks um he's been sacked at least one time in every game Um, Their weapon on offense, running back Najee Harris, about 779 yards, five rushing TDs, 387 receiving yards, two receiving TDs. Uh, Deontay Harris and Chase Claypool are their primary receiving targets. Harris is 914 receiving yards, six touchdowns. Claypool, 660 receiving yards, one touchdown. Uh, Those guys are definitely his main target. They're not always on the field. They like to do the two tight ends and the fullback and the heavy bit and just kind of pound it. This is a tough team. They hit. Um, this uh, you know, they definitely have that mentality. It's a very, very physical group. Trey Turner is, you know, you know five time pro bowler from the Carolina Panthers and all he's he's gonna knock you in the mouth. I mean, this is that's the attitude they have. So uh it's gonna be more of a tough guy type of game, I think, when we play him
1: typical Mike Tomlin Steelers team where they're going to bring their lunch pail and and be ready to go all day
0: absolutely and then the other guy Pat Fryermuth, uh six receiving touchdowns all in the red zone so he's our version of Adam Thielen um not you know their tight ends are okay blockers so to speak but you see that almost every week now Big Ben knows how to find them right if you and the other thing I've seen with with Big Ben on tape is if you want to blitz them you better get there because he will pick you apart. He's he, this isn't his first rodeo, so it's a big advantage for both teams. I think for both teams to have a veteran quarterback on a short week like this, they couldn't play a more antithetical team to the Vikings than the Baltimore Ravens, and then have to switch from a three-four zero blitz defense with a quarterback who just doesn't throw. You know, he can throw obviously, but they're. No running game much without outside of outside of Lamar Jackson to us. We are almost (laughs) a completely opposite type team in style, in personnel. I mean, in in a lot of different ways. So it is going to be interesting to see him make that transition to play us defensively. They've they have a lot of names that, uh, but you're familiar with T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith. He's the other defensive end, outside linebacker. Don't don't fall asleep on that guy. He's pretty good too. It's going to be very difficult to run the ball outside it, with b- between Watt and Highsmith getting outside in this defense is going to be very very difficult. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick's a guy that we we've heard about forever as as a safety. Devin Bush, uh, Joe Schobert. I mean, these are guys that have been around a veteran, uh, you know, experienced defense. Uh, T.J. Watt is on a historic pace, 47-10. T- he has 16 sacks with six games to go. The NFL record is twenty-two and a half. and Will he get there? Um, he has the athletic ability, but when you watch Watt, and this is my opinion, it's it's frustrating because when he puts it all out there, he's unbelievable. Statistically, Joe Schobert, the linebacker, Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, Cameron Hayward, who's doing a really good job. He's a heck of a good football player out of Iowa. Uh Schobert, 84 tackles. Fitzpatrick has 82. Hayward, 61. You know, overall the chances of us making the playoffs are starting to pull away with each loss. But if you take care of business, win a home game, beat these Steelers on Thursday night, at least you keep yourself in the hunt. Then you got to go on the road and win in a place that if you thought Detroit was tough to win for us you got to go to Chicago. It's a tough hill to climb, but if you do it, then you deserve a spot in the playoffs. Uh, our primetime Purple game this Thursday night is at 7.20 p.m. Uh, down at U.S. Bank Stadium. If you can't make it in person, be sure to join Paul Allen, Ben Lieber, Mike Mussman, Greg Coleman, and myself on the KFAN pregame show and broadcast all across this vast and wonderful and expanding Vikings radio network. Thank you again for joining us for another episode of Skull Stories presented by Cambria. Proud to be the official countertop of the Minnesota Vikings. We'll see you all again next week.